0: On today's episode of Bite Sized, we are watching and discussing the 23rd scene of the movie Twilight. For those of you watching along at home, that is from 2909 to 2948, another short one. And now, on to the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to yet another episode of Bite Sized. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you coming to your phone, I guess. Uh, here's what's going on. My name's Ben. I am watching the movie Twilight one scene at a time with a different guest every week. For me, I've seen everything that's come before. For my guest, they get anywhere from 30 seconds to three minutes of movie and watch it with zero context, unless, of course, they They've seen it before. It's a good time for some people, not for me. Joining me today is a podcaster, a market researcher, friend to many improvisers, and also animals, I guess. Jess Moe, thanks for being on Bite Sized.
1: Hi, thanks for having me. How's it
0: going? How you doing today? In this weird, uh, you know, between Christmas and New Year's haze.
1: Yeah, we're in the middle of almost nothing right now, Yeah, and it's kind of nice to have a break.
0: Have you also forgotten completely what day of the week it is? Yes. When
1: when I texted you yesterday to be like, Mm -hmm. oh, are we still doing this? It was because I had forgotten what day it was, and I looked at my calendar and saw that i had put bite-sized question mark Uh and was like i should reach out to you and it's a good thing you
0: did that because i fully thought we were recording on friday tomorrow Ah, yes um so thank you for (laughs) thank you for being more on board with my own podcast production than i am it's okay uh jess i'm gonna start off this interview the way i start every interview on the show which is by asking you what is your history with the twilight franchise
1: i read it Pretty much out the gate. Mm-hmm. So sort of I like
0: was like ish. Uh
1: huh. Yeah. I was Im- almost immediately a big fan of the series. Yeah. Like I read all of the books, I did the Midnight. Premieres as the books came out, and like went to Meyer with my sister and stood in line. Cause that was also Meyer, I think,
0: like the store. Like the store okay. in Michigan
1: where I grew up. <laughs> Got it. Not Meyer,
0: like <laughs> Stephanie Meyer, the no, author. No no, of Twilight. no, no, no.
1: Meyer, M E I J E R. Yeah. If you grew up in Michigan, you'll know what it is. Probably no one else will.
0: And this is where you bought your books? This
1: is where I bought my book. Well, they would have it was like the only grocery store in town, and there weren't any bookstores in town. Uh-huh. So if there was like a, oh, this book, like they did with the Harry Potter books where they make a big deal about midnight releases of the book. They did the same thing for twilight. Yeah. And so people would dress up as vampires and go get their twilight books and i also read a lot of twilight fan fiction. Okay. As it happened, i was deep in the fandom, uh so a lot of Tumblr, a lot when that happened, mm-hmm. a lot of fanfiction.net.
0: What is that world like? Cuz the fanfiction side of twilight is something i've never dipped my toe into.
1: Oh, i mean, twilight is probably in the top 3 like biggest modern fandoms.
0: I mean, famously. It's huge. Twilight fanfiction has gone on to become Fifty Shades Fifty of Grey. Fifty Shades of Grey, of course. Yes, yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, and many others probably that aren't quite as obvious. No. I read Fifty Shades of Grey very, like, I dipped into it very briefly when it was still a fanfic. Okay. And that was when it was on, like, Live Journal or something. Uh-huh. But, yeah, mainly it was just a lot of really horny teenage girls writing a lot of smutty vampire stuff. Yeah. And just working through their horniness that way. And it was great. It worked out really well That's for a good. lot of people. But yeah, it's one of those foundational, foundational fan notes. It's not as big anymore, but it's still pretty. There's, I'll still see it every once in a while. A pretty good Twilight fanfic pop up. I'm
0: sure it's still out there. It's still yeah, happening. If you're yeah. for it. Yeah. Did you ever write or did you just read?
1: I just read. Okay. I wrote you could, a... You don't have to... I wrote a very like... Uh, embarrassing Pirates of the Caribbean fanfic. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then never tried again.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: fanfic is really hard to write. It
0: really is. It mm-hmm. seems easy when you start doing it. Did I you mean, write fanfic? I tried once. Oh, and I, for what? Uh,
1: <laughs> Tell us, man. uh Have
0: you ever heard of the Redwall series?
1: No. Okay. Uh, okay. That's... I got to go figure out what that yeah. is.
0: <laughs> um, it's this series of sort of like kids fantasy novels. Great think like very toned down like Narnia Lord of the Rings and all the characters are like uh-huh. mice and squirrels and that sort of mm-hmm. thing yeah it um, lends itself
1: to fan fiction yeah, yeah it does yeah it
0: honestly it really does yeah and I that was sort of my first dip into creative writing and I made it less than a chapter yeah <laughs> I had like a vague story outline yeah and sort of half an idea for the climax and I got like a page and a half into sort of you know, this weird scene not even a, close to the beginning of the story and was just like, well, I'm out of ideas. I'm going to stop now. Yeah. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened to that. It's probably still in some notebook in my parents' house.
1: Probably, yeah. We, on our second season, our guest was Will. Second Nic- season of what now? Oh, of our podcast. No,
0: tell me about the podcast. Oh,
1: it's called Fem's Reading Phil.
0: Oh, Fem's Reading Phil. I think I've heard that about that show before, maybe mentioned on episode three with special guest Emily Emily Berugian, Bar- who's my co-host. Barugin. And then have yes. you
1: had Will Nicholson on? Yes. Yes, episode yes, two. she was our season two yeah. guest,
0: and episode one, Sarah Murphy, who was on your yep, live show. So like
1: uh, <laughs> we know, we know all the crossover. same people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we basically talk about we talk about romance novels and erotica, and so every episode, our guest names a trope for us, and then I bring a fanfic, and Emily brings a romance novel mm-hmm. as a way to discuss the trope and trope we mean very 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 loosely but for the second season will nicholson was our guest and he tried to write some fanfic oh really and like
0: specifically for the show or like
1: like he had he was reading through a fantasy series because at the end of every episode we have a bit that's called what are you reading yeah just talk about what we've been reading and the entire season, he had been working his way through a series. And at the end, as a gift to us, he, had, he tried to give us some fan fiction uh-huh. he had written for it. And he only got through the first chapter because he said it was way hard. He got yeah. way more invested and worried about it than he thought he would. It, and he wasn't, wasn't able to finish it.
0: It's in general so much harder to write anything yes. than you think it's going to be when you start.
1: Especially when you're trying to mimic the voice of another yeah. piece of work. Yeah, I wrote to nail it.
0: Once as just sort of an exercise, I wrote a spec script for a TV show. Yeah. And it was like 25 pages. And it was so hard. Yes! (laughs) It should be so easy, but it's like the hardest thing.
1: And I honestly think that's why there's so much Twilight and Harry Potter fan fiction. Because quite frankly, they leave enough plot holes in the yes. world that you can fill in without being super intimidating, and there's a
0: lot of like very distinct sort of pre-built characters yes. that you can sort of you can play around your own with shit on like action figures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, know, you can just put them in your various situations. Exactly. Let's get into the scene. Let's get into what we're here to ostensibly talk about. It is less than a minute. Charlie's in the kitchen eating something. Bella walks in. Your mom called again.
1: That's your fault you shouldn't have told her about the almost accident you finished?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I suppose you're right. She always didn't know how to worry. She seems different. She seems happy.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Phil sounds like an all right
1: guy. Yeah, he is. Ah
0: she leaves. Yep. That's it.
1: You really gave me the divorce dad scene. I sure of did. Did
0: Of your dreams. <laughs> yeah,
1: I I Speak was worried. Well, I was worried when you you pitched this to me and asked yeah. me on and I and I haven't heard any of the previous episodes. Yeah. But I really my thought was, you know, what am I going to be able to talk about out uh-huh. of 30 seconds? But the stilted, just anxious energy of Charlie is something that I've always loved. Yeah, really? Yes. Okay. Yes, because in the movie and just in general, he is so awkward. He is. He's He's a weird guy. Yeah, and he's one of the only normal people in the entire show. He's just a dad doing his best. And I do appreciate that about him
0: this scene it it really sticks out in the rest of the movie cuz it has nothing to do with vampires nope. or anything <laughs> it's just a weird little 40 second glimpse into the sort of the bleak small town lives mm-hmm. of this weird father daughter relationship yes. that does not feel like it takes place in a YA romance novel it's it's a little more Tennessee Williams than that because it's a yeah. lot of talking about your ex-wife and she seems different now she's she happy seems now. happy now that's your so sad seems, yes
1: your what a, mom seems happier now it's yeah a crazy thing to just put in
0: what a profoundly sad thing to lay on your daughter mm-hmm.
1: Right after she had a, an accident, which I don't remember what the accident was. It's when but she
0: almost gets hit by the van in the parking oh, lot and Edward rushes over to stop it. That one. Yeah. What is Charlie doing? Because he's not at work. No. I guess it's his day off.
1: I don't know, because has she just come home from school, presumably, or something? So, so the
0: scene right before this is the field trip to the little composting greenhouse thing. <laughs> yes. And okay. so I guess...
1: It's during the week.
0: There's no way of knowing what day of the week it is, I guess. But I think we're supposed to assume that this is a school day. Yeah. And she just got home. Yeah. And there's dad at like, I don't know, four o'clock.
1: Drinking a beer. Drinking a beer. And having just finished, I think, a sandwich and some chips or something. And reading the newspaper. Yeah. That is a great point.
0: This scene, as short as it is, really tells you a lot about Charlie's life and raises a lot of questions about what is this guy doing? doing
1: i think he's just sad
0: he for sure is sad yeah
1: yeah because i don't even know i don't think we ever actually learn what charlie does for a living oh no we
0: do oh what does he do he's a cop he's
1: a cop yeah he's like
0: the chief of the forks police department oh
1: my god i forgot about when
0: was the last time jess when was the last time you watched twilight
1: oh it's been it's been many 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 years clearly it's been many years clearly and when i've watched or read fan fiction about twilight they're not really focusing on the backstory of charlie swan Really? No, not, not all that much. That's shocking, because
0: I feel like he would be a major figure...
1: I honestly I wish that there was I'm, I'm gonna go dig for it after we record this I'm s- sure like a fanfic of the whole series from Charlie's perspective uh-huh just being confused and wondering what's going on with his daughter
0: I mean Stephanie Meyer she just wrote Midnight Sun yes which is the first Edwards book from Edward's perspective I really think there is a market for the first book from Charlie's perspective I
1: think it would be a lot shorter but it could be interesting and it would
0: be more fun <laughs> it that's would for be sure. more fun yeah
1: <laughs> a more more because it would really just be about him and his feelings about his ex-wife right and how she has a new boyfriend now and he feels weird about that right and he has to talk to his daughter who he doesn't seem to have ever really spent much time with
0: right and also he has to investigate these weird murders that keep showing up around town <laughs> yes that, are they an animal so you you can have sort of like a weird like mystery novel almost mm-hmm. like a detective story
1: I really think if anybody listening has any fan fiction background and wants to write this I think we've got a gem on our I hands I really do
0: actually if if anyone is listening and has a fan fiction background, uh, don't write this because it's ours now. I think we own it. Oh yeah, well yeah. we just
1: but we just talked for five minutes about how hard it is to write fan fiction. So that I don't know. That is true. I don't know if we're the right people to shepherd this story. Okay, the world. if you're a
0: fan fiction writer <laughs> and you want to write this story, you have to credit me yes. and Bite-sized yeah. pod, please, yeah. please, and thank you. In this scene, Charlie and Bella wearing the exact same outfit: jeans, flannel, sort of a whitish, grayish, but uh, undershirt. Mm-hmm. You think someone would have noticed and said, hey, is this weird that they're like dressed like and like I get it, you know, that's a very common outfit to wear. Yeah. In, you know, the north where it's a little bit colder.
1: I think that's kind of probably what happened is some someone from L.A. went, what do they wear in Seattle? Yeah. And adjacent areas, flannel jeans. We don't have to worry too much about this.
0: And like, to be fair, it's cold and slightly rainy outside right right now. Right. And when I leave the house later today, I will probably be wearing jeans and a flannel. Yeah. But like, even the colors are just so similar. You think someone would have said, Hey, maybe let's give him a blue shirt so they don't look completely identical.
1: No, we're really trying to draw parallels about how awkward Oh, you think this is intentional? Are. I Well, I don't know, because so much of this movie...
0: No, let's read deep into the metaphor of Twilight Listen,
1: here. you gave me 30 seconds, uh-huh. and I'm going to get into it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, that is
0: what this show <laughs> is, you understand. This right. is... The, the name of the show may as well be Ben Abear Presents Over Analysis. Over Analysis right.
1: of... Yeah, well, because this, sh- this movie was an... It was filmed like an indie, but presumably had a huge budget. Because, filmed like an
0: indie in what way?
1: Well, they hired a indie uh, director. Catherine Hardwick. Catherine Hardwick. And Kristen Stewart was, up until this point, only an indie darling.
0: Uh, Panic Room, I don't think. Zathura was not exactly an I, indie movie. But
1: I think it's... Acted and filmed like a low budget movie. Oh my God. <laughs> in a way that blockbusters nowadays would never, ever be. Like there's a tone yeah. to uh, franchises nowadays. And yeah. this movie does not look or feel like that. And this scene in particular doesn't. No. And I think that like they probably had thousands and thousands of dollars to spend on costumes and they must have made a choice somewhere along the way that they were not going to do that and they were instead just going to go full muted panels and like undertones.
0: Yeah, Yeah. well, I mean, and like costuming is very... You can tell they put a lot of thought into it, but really mainly with the Cullens, yeah. who are always dressed so cool.
1: Slightly elevated, like, like clearly not high schoolers. Right,
0: like they just walked out of their job as Abercrombie mannequins. Right. Bella's always a little, I don't know, a little grungier Seattle-y a little you know bulkier oversized jackets and stuff
1: which is okay if we're if we're fully overanalyzing this yeah, and do, we are do you think it's because she's just moved there from phoenix and this is how bella thinks she should be dressing to fit in with the town
0: i think sh- this is supposed to represent her being in her shell and like mm. covering up with lots of layers and everything so she doesn't seem it like anything interesting to look at got it she's just a great big pile of flannel and denim you
1: think she's hiding yes the magnificence and as within?
0: as the series goes on and she comes into her own she starts dressing a little more fashionably but like she
1: doesn't though she does she I mean, still looks kind of like a mom i guess
0: <laughs> as fashionably as you could expect yeah for- she never
1: goes full cullen i don't think did you notice how she um flubbed her backpack being put down
0: no i didn't
1: clearly there was a direction that Kristen stewart put her backpack on the chair uh-huh. and it falls off the chair yeah
0: i just i just picked it up yeah uh, and watched it and yes she does a very bad job of putting her backpack on the chair and it falls down and she just rolls with it she
1: just rolls with it and She's it was one of those pro. things that i noticed i was like oh that made the final cut or they shot this twice because it is a nothing scene
0: yeah, I guess that, like, you know, this was probably just the best take. Yeah. And they were just like, all right, let's move on. Mm-hmm.
1: She also fills a glass of water, takes one drink, and then immediately pours the did, rest down the sink.
0: Did, yes, want to talk about there
1: that. There were so many choices. Yeah.
0: <laughs> she, Charlie has a plate that I'm assuming um, used to have a sad ham sandwich on it.
1: Yeah. Uh, but it's still got stuff on it. I couldn't tell what it was on at the plate. Yeah.
0: Looking at it, it's maybe just like a little bit of crust. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. And she takes his plate and puts it in the sink. And while she's at the sink, she picks up a cup that had to have been sitting next to the sink. Yeah. Which I assume means it's a dirty cup. Yeah. Like it had just been used. Or maybe it was washed and left to dry out there. I don't know. She fills it about halfway up with... Tap water. Lukewarm tap water. Yep. Yep. Takes a tiny, a tiny sip that looks like the sort of acting sip where you don't actually let any yeah. water get in your mouth. The
1: water touches your lips. Yep, that, like that.
0: Yeah, just like that. No, but, uh, listener, <laughs> I just demonstrated <laughs> with my glass of water yeah. for Jess and no one picture, else. Just picture, picture Ben. Just imagine you, you
1: probably don't know what Ben looks like either, but just picture Ben not actually drinking water.
0: Go to the show's Instagram. There's pictures of me there. there Look go. at one of them and imagine me
1: not drinking, taking
0: water. a fake <laughs> sip of water. Yeah, she takes the tiniest sip and then like she sort of looks at the cup like she's mad at it. (laughs) And like clearly she's like sort of mad at Charlie or something.
1: Something. She's annoyed that he he told her mom that she almost got hit by a van.
0: Which I think is a fair thing to tell her.
1: Yeah, I think Charlie was being a good dad. Especially because I'm assuming
0: uh, he said that, you know, when, if I remember, if I recall the scene correctly, I think he tells her that like while Bella's at the hospital and before he knows everything's okay. Yeah. But I think it's like, yeah, it's probably good to communicate that sort of thing to your ex-wife and yeah, Phil. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> and Phil. I'm glad Phil.
1: Ugh Phil.
0: I wish we got to know more about Phil.
1: I do too. And you don't you know nothing you know almost nothing about her mom and you know even less about Phil.
0: No. One day there is a scene coming up as I've as I've watched these movies from my study, there's a scene coming up where we learn about her mom and Phil. Mm -hmm. And just the way Stephanie Meyer knows nothing about either of the two occupations she's given those characters. Really? There's at some point we learn that so that like they're sitting in this incredibly lavish beach house like directly on the ocean. Uh huh. And we learn that like Phil is a minor league baseball player.
1: Oh my God, I forgot about this. And yes the
0: mom is like a substitute English teacher. And there is no way, <laughs> there is no, even even before the housing bubble.
1: That they are making a living of any They cannot afford kind. that house. No, no. And by contrast, Charlie has a very stable job. Government and salary. And proud of himself. Good
0: benefits. He Owns has a, a house.
1: house? He, like, he's, he's doing fine. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's the hidden reason she did have to go up to Forks, is the mom was like, times are tough right now in the minor league baseball game. Right. And you've got to go live with your dad.
0: Right, right.
1: That makes more sense to me. Yeah. Oh, but what if oh my god Phil can come and play baseball with the Cullens though
0: yeah I mean, I he, mean would, he would get destroyed because apparently he can't even hack it in the majors right uh, <laughs> he so can't, he can't
1: live up no to he can't <laughs> the y- look if,
0: if he can't make it in the big show there's no way he could make it in the vampire Carlisle's show coming for him clearly. yeah absolutely yeah all that to say she does do that thing with the cup she does <laughs> do that weird thing with the cup <laughs> that's what is. we're coming back there's a lot to. of prop
1: work with the newspaper with the cup with the she checks the bag of potato chips yeah to see, to if see how many yeah, if she's going to throw it out or not. Very, very skilled. Really a lot that. of business
0: going on. A lot of
1: business going on with the food. Yeah,
0: it yeah. really does feel like a scene out of a play more a than bit. a scene out of a vampire romance novel.
1: Yeah, yeah. I actually, the more we talk about it, the more I like it.
0: So then what's the point of this scene? Why is it even in the movie?
1: I really do feel like because Catherine, Catherine Hardwick, yes. right? Because she is so indie, yeah. I do feel like she attempted throughout the movie... To humanize and put in elements that weren't just the vampire part of it. Yeah. And it felt like this was her attempt to give uh, the the Watcher some understanding of Bella and Charlie's relationship. Yeah. Which I honestly, if that is, if I am right and that was the point, I think they do a pretty good job. Yeah. Okay. What do you think? I mean,
0: sure. There's lots of little character moments, especially between Bella and Charlie mm-hmm. in the first half hour or however far we are into this movie and you know maybe this is something that when you're watching this movie in the way that we are yeah one scene at a time it doesn't seem important this is something that I discovered I think I talked about this on a previous episode but when you watch a movie like this one scene at a time yeah it really makes you appreciate how many scenes there are in a movie that are just nothing. (laughs) There is so much, just like in any movie you watch, if you really break it down this intensely, there's just some filler in there. Mm -hmm. And like, unless it's like a perfect, amazing, great movie, even those still probably have some, but sometimes there's just scenes in there that maybe in this case, in the case like Twilight, this was in the book. So it's gotta be on the screen Yeah, and they gotta, you know, they gotta hit a certain runtime and everything. And they had, they, need to sort of get from one plot point to the next plot point. right? There's just...
1: Because how... Are are we about halfway through the first movie at this point? No. We're like right at the beginning, right?
0: We are still at the... We are... uh, This is 2909 through 2948... And the movie, including credits, is right around two hours.
1: I honestly feel like they may have just needed to remind us that there is a mom that needs to be filled in on things because of later in the movie.
0: That is possible. Where
1: they have that whole, where she goes back. Yeah. And they have to take a moment to be like, hey, remember that? there's this whole other situation with your parents and that's going to come back later. So it may have also been for that reason.
0: I also don't remember what happens directly after this scene. So maybe there's a good reason for her to be at home talking to Charlie, but this 39 seconds. Yeah. um,
1: I don't even remember either.
0: (laughs) You know, it's, it's weird. This little chunk of movie doesn't hold up on its own. Uh, It doesn't, it doesn't stand alone. Imagine that. Yeah.
1: I feel like you're going to run into that a lot more with later later films in the franchise.
0: Twilight, the first movie, Twilight, makes a lot of crazy choices. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the movie sort of toned that down a little bit as time goes on. And they have like, no, hold on. <laughs> don't. I know you gave me this look like you don't believe me. I don't and believe you. The crazy choices that are in the book, still there. Still crazy. We will talk about them when we get there in one to seven years. Right. But from a a filmmaking standpoint you can feel a little bit more the studio saying hey we have a big franchise now let's play it a little more safe
1: right right right. yeah it definitely goes back it goes more into what i was talking about earlier where it's a little more cookie cutter yes yes it's it's not shot like a weird indie movie Uh and things like that but there are werewolves in the next there are and yeah, I having just recently watched New Moon, yes. it is insane. It is some of the choices that are made. But
0: it's not I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do something I don't think I've ever done before. <gasps> but I'm gonna be the first one to bring it up now. I <gasps> watching when I watched New Moon for the first time after starting to do this podcast, I was like, Oh no, it's not blue anymore. Yeah. Uh, And that's the Blue Bell, for those of you who are new to the show. uh, The Blue Bell is something I introduced because uh, guests tend to bring up just how blue Twilight is is and the crazy, insane color grading, and whenever someone brings that up, I ring the Blue Bell. (laughs) Uh, And this time, I was the first person to bring it up. You did. I've never... Done it before. I've never instigated the blue bell. I usually try to make my guests do it, but I think it's worth talking about. It really needed yeah, it. Like you were,
1: were you trying to, to lead me to that?
0: Sometimes a I will. Bit? When you started talking about how it's shot like an indie movie, I think I said something like, hmm, what do you mean? Shot like an uh-huh. indie movie? Like, how? And I'll really try to guide my guests. And into I sidestepped it. you masterfully I know. there, I know. even though I didn't know what you were even doing. Even though you had no idea and maybe yeah. didn't even see the bell. No,
1: I on saw the, the ta- bell. Okay. I just thought that maybe you had a bell on your table.
0: Um, You know, it has I a purpose. I
1: didn't read into it.
0: But all that to Say like I, I think that's a good example, a little microcosm of how the later movies do get more cookie Franchise-y. cutter. Yeah, yeah, and 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 a big example of that is the color is just more normal. Yep, it's just sort of more straight down the middle. Yeah, totally. um And I think that's sad. Honestly, you wish that
1: it had kept the the tone. Yes, throughout? because uh,
0: uh, if it had been weird and blue all throughout, I think that would have been a very cool choice. Yeah, I think it makes doing that in Twilight stick out in a Mm -hmm. weird way when you, if you were to watch them all, you'd be like, Oh, Hey, this one movie is super blue. Yeah. And then (laughs) the rest aren't so clearly like a choice was made. They decided that was a bad idea. Color grading is, is a, artistic choice and, yeah. and obviously as they change like directors and cinematographers they're all going to have their own different approaches to it but i think it would be fun to see that sort of stylistic consistency throughout the franchise
1: i agree i think it would have cut ca- I, I think it would have made the franchise more memorable right and possibly also honestly helped with some of the bad CGI later. Like, Maybe it could have had some, could have had some fun effects. Maybe.
0: And like, it's one of those things that like when I was watching a new moon and I realized it's not blue, it made me think like, Oh no, my favorite thing about this podcast so far has been combing through twilight, with a magnifying glass mm-hmm. and like looking at these strange things, mm-hmm. does that mean I'm going to run out of strange things in the future movies? And and like the strange big things will still be, be there, but yeah. the strange little things. You'll still be able lose. to like
1: feel how much Robert Pattinson hates everything. His The
0: doing. American accent that he has to do. Oh, yes. everything, every uh, single yeah.
1: thing. That was one of my favorite things when I was in the fandom back in the day, like when they first started filming the movies, was watching interviews with Robert Pattinson where he was clearly just didn't wanna be there. Did your Twilight experience turn out (laughs) to be what you expected?
0: Oh, it was so long.
1: Yeah, it is, yeah.
0: Yeah, And and we were shooting it forever.
1: Were you happy with your pay? Hmm,
0: hmm, I don't know, could have been better. (laughs) I hardly get to do any vampire stuff, <laughs> I mean, uh, you yeah, don't get to kill anyone. My entire performance is based on have extreme discomfort having contact lenses in your eyes, just like, <laughs> just kind of like that the entire time of it.
1: Which one of your co-workers helped to you make your Twilight experience the most rewarding? Mm. Hmm. Hmm.
0: Okay. <laughs> huh. My, um, hmm,
1: oh, I can't think of anything. Um, I would say, um,
0: SK-2 face packs. (laughs)
1: It lends a lot to my watch of, of the series now, because it's just lovely to know that he is hating his life the entire time. Remember when
0: we, Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson, we were supposed to believe they were, like, dating in real life?
1: And no one believed Did it. Did
0: anyone ever believe that was I anything other so. than the studio trying to... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was a hundred...
1: Everyone, every uh, every queer woman, which uh-huh. I am one, has always looked at Kristen Stewart and gone, mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You may not be a full lesbian, but at the very least you're on our team in some way. Right. And Robert Pattinson and does not feel like the right man no. for you. <laughs> and there's yeah.
0: Yeah. At the end of the scene, after she dumps out the water, Kristen Stewart sort of says half a sentence and then makes oh, a yeah. weird
1: noise. She just like doesn't even finish talking and leaves no, the room.
0: No, she just makes like a weird horse noise, like a <laughs> uh. <sighs>
1: all right she kind of like sighs and maybe i would understand it a little bit more if i was a child of divorce uh i guess but maybe you just can't be in the same room as your dad anymore sometimes i don't know yeah, yeah i mean
0: hey it's the holidays <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> we all just went through yeah that's yeah fair. I, i'm sure a lot of us just had a moment of not being able to be in the same room as their dad
1: yeah now that you put it that way i'm having flashbacks to three days ago there you go yeah yeah
0: not me Uh, but I'm sure some other people.
1: I love trying to hug hug my dad and getting a side side hug Mm, instead. Good time. Classic experience.
0: Yeah. Uh, If you had to give this scene a name, what would it be? And this is also going to be the name of the episode, so make it good.
1: Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah,
0: remember when I said I was going to put you on the spot a couple times? This is the first one.
1: I think it's got to be Divorced Dad Energy.
0: D-D-E. D-D-E. All right. That's what this scene is. Just basically half, almost a minute. Of, of DDE of DDE and it's sad Pretty and it's intensely. weird very very strong or it
1: could be child of divorce energy so just CDE
0: it could be I think it's really is the dad energy though it feels sort of it's very yeah he's but in also the center it does of the frame yeah but it does have that divorce child energy where like Bella is cleaning up after him and is like his daughter but it's also taken on like that sort of the mommy, housekeeping yeah. mom wife duty yeah and that's sad
1: isn't that we it just really keep is. finding layers in this scene
0: just a very depressing it, this scene is blue in more ways than one <laughs> uh, Jess mull if people like this cut of your jib and the sound of your voice and want to learn more about you and the things that you do where can they do that maybe on social media they
1: should check out the Femmes Reading Filth podcast yeah. we are Fems Reading Filth on everything our main platform is Instagram yeah we're on everywhere that you listen to podcasts and we currently have two s- full seasons out plus many many live shows and special episodes and we're in the middle of recording our third season mm-hmm. and then we also have if you're based in Chicago we have a couple live shows coming up one of which is uh, at Otherworld Theater for their yeah. Twi yeah. festival okay which you may or may not be involved in I, I've
0: heard rumors that you're going to be doing a Twilight episode we are a Twilight episode,
1: yeah. and so if you want to, um, you know, really dig into Twilight, mm-hmm. you should come out to Otherworld Theater for that and then they also have another festival in march so if you want to cut you know see me in person come to some of those those live events
0: there you go if you like the show you can follow it on social media at twilight bite-sized pod underscore almost forgot my own social media handles at bite-sized pod underscore on instagram and tiktok if you want to communicate with the show send a message to one of those accounts or send an email to my favorite twilight podcast at gmail.com i tried to start an account that involved the name of the show and they were all taken <laughs> uh thank you so much to my editor ben aukshire for putting it all together and making things sound
1: good ben thank is you- on one of our episodes by he the really way is. ben is on our christmas episode. he's a delight he's a delight he
0: was on the last episode of this podcast oh, um, shout out to ben be, aukshire he's uh, he does a good job ben feel free to cut this out if you don't want us to tell the Leave world it in how bed. great you are. Leave it in uh, If you like the show, please consider giving us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or your app of choice. That'll sort of help the algorithm suggest us to more people or suggest us to more people yourself. Tell a friend. Word of mouth truly is the best way to get stuff out there. Thank you to the band Swimwear Department for letting us use their song "Mauled to Death for their theme. Check them out wherever you find music. And that is it. That is all we have for today. That is another episode of Bio bite sized in the can as we always say at the end of every episode
1: what <laughs> what bite sized
0: that's what? it what what bite sized ah! see you next time <laughs> Ugh.